In your corner with Core Physical Therapy, my name is Scott McKenzie, and this podcast is uniquely positioned. And what I mean by that, we bring the medical industry, the medical professionals to you, and we talk about better pain management, we talk about rehab after surgery, we talk about improved mobility, and we talk about preventative care, and you know what else? We talk about so much more on this particular podcast. Now, thank you for joining this podcast, so let's get on with the interview. All right, welcome to In Your Corner with Core Physical Therapy. Thank you very much for joining the best, I don't know, physical therapy, occupational therapy podcast in the world right here, right now. And I want to give a big old shout out to corephysicaltherapy.com. Go out there to that particular website because that is a great place to start good health. Go out to corephysicaltherapy.com. All right. This podcast, we're talking about how CrossFit works together with uh, physical therapy. We've got two great uh, professionals, physical therapy professionals. We have Alex Guanco. Got that right. Yes. And then uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Welcome. Uh, For the listeners out there, Alex, give us a little background on who you are and why you're such an incredible PT. Okay. Um, I am the orthopedic residency coordinator right now, but I've been practicing PT for 11 years. Um, I'm born and raised in Miami. I practice in Miami, um, but I also dabbled in CrossFit yoga and I tried to keep active and I try to keep my patients active too. So part of my job has been challenging patients from no matter the age um, to show them what they can do. Movement is medicine. And I'm a big mm-hmm. advocate of that because when I don't move, my old body just sort of feels like a two by four. It just sort of stiffens up and it oh, yeah. really it's awful. All right, Ryan, give us a little background on who you are. Yeah. So my name is Ryan Fitzpatrick. I work at Cora Physical Therapy. I'm the clinic manager in Wilmington, North Carolina. Uh, I'm originally from upstate New York and I did all my schooling up there, but I've been working as a physical therapist for a little over five years now. Um, I've also been doing CrossFit since 2016. Um, and I got into the competitive side of that uh, in 2017. And our more, more recently in 2021, our team made it to the CrossFit Games, which is the, the highest level of competition. And we finished uh, 18th in the world. So I definitely have a passion for, for CrossFit. And I also like to bring that. I see a lot of CrossFit athletes in, in uh, the clinic here who go to the gym I go to. And, um, but any active individuals, I just like kind of helping people elevate above what they thought possible. So if you have never watched those, uh, the competitions, the crawfish competitions, listener, put that on your bucket list because that's <laughs> insane. You guys are insane. The competition <laughs> is amazing. It's, 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 it's insane. I, I, I don't know how you guys do it. I just, my, uh, my family and I will sit and watch it and, it's just like, oh, it's getting heavier. Oh, they got to clean it. It's getting heavier. They got to keep on going. It's it's getting, and they just do it. And they're doing yeah. it. And then then you see, and I'm sorry, I'm going to geek out on this. And then you see this sort of exhaustion that hits them. And, it, it's, and then they rise above it. You can tell that they're just gassed. But then they just dig deeper and they just keep going. I don't know. Kudos. Because I, I, I stuff. It is good stuff. Good stuff. CrossFit open time was always uh, some of my busiest time with my athletes. <laughs> good stuff, man. Well, all right. So let's let's level set because 
define CrossFit. Like, what what is that? What does that mean? I mean, outside of the fact that when I watch it, I just think it's insane. So that's not a good definition. So, Ryan, can you define it a little bit? Yeah, so uh, CrossFit, I guess, by definition is constantly varied functional movements performed at a high intensity. So um, the founder of CrossFit, uh, his name was Greg Glassman. He kind of initially when he got into this, I think his kind of goal was to promote like general health and well-being for the the general population to help uh, fight chronic disease and things like that. Um, And, you know, it kind of evolved into more of like professional sport where there is a competitive side to it as well but that's not everything. And I think a lot of people do see the competitive side because it is, you know, aired on ESPN or different news channels and things like that. But in general, though, it's more of a way to, for, you know, people of all ages to, to get in shape and to challenge their, their bodies in, in different ways, functional ways, like pushing, pulling, squatting, you know, hinging, carrying all those functional movements but they tend to be performed at a higher intensity, um, which, which is a key kind of component of it. So that brings, that begs the question. Now I've heard of, uh, I know that's a great definition of uh, CrossFit and leave it up to uh, people to elevate it to the insane level. And, and, and just, but what was always that it's, it's not insanity from a negative perspective. It's insanity that, that the human body can do those things. That, that yeah. we set limitations, but when you see people that are just absolutely at the top, you, you realize, wow, that, that's amazing. So, Alex, for clarification, you know, uh, Ryan indicated, yeah, it's, it's like high intensity. What's it? But I've heard of high intensity. Give us a little, you know, difference between the high intensity uh, approach workout hit versus the, the CrossFit type of thing. So we have cross, there are t- parts of a class that are high intensity interval training. So you are changing from one movement to another quickly with no rest. Um, But there are other parts to your CrossFit class that may include just your strength or that's not hit. That's just, you're working on your strength component. There are times where you're just working on your mobility component or just your cardio. Um, So you can change your exercise or your day, depending on uh, if there's on your programming um, to kind of train something different. So it's not always about the high intensity. Sometimes you want to focus on a particular movement, um, on your movement pattern, making sure that your technique is, is great, uh, versus constantly doing that high intensity training. Yeah, that, that's great because that, that does clarify it. The, the thing that I always get concerned with from a, um, CrossFit perspective is that there's a lot of discipline or need for training for proper lifting, proper – I just can't go to a CrossFit and start cleaning and jerking. I just couldn't do that. So that would be probably something that is an important component to uh, CrossFit, right, Ryan? Yes. Uh, so, you know, as, as Alex said, there's, there's a lot of different components to CrossFit. Um, you know, high-intensity interval training is kind of like a – it is a bigger umbrella term. Um, and I think at earlier on, a lot of people were looking at CrossFit when it first came out as like, it's a form of hit. It's a form of high intensity interval training, but it's really kind of evolved into its own kind of regimen. And it's, it's based on like 10 key physical principles. Like she would kind of hit on some of those, um, between like power, strength, stamina, flexibility, speed, accuracy, balance, 
coordination, agility, and then uh, cardiovascular endurance. Those are kind of the 10 key principles that CrossFit kind of touches on all elements of those. So you're really training um, or, you know, training is another word because you might not be preparing for something, but you're maybe you're just kind of want to get in shape or whatever your goal might be for it. But uh, you're training all the the different metabolic systems, you know, uh, like fast twitch muscles versus slow twitch. So, you know, you're working more your cardiovascular system, like aerobic system versus muscular strength versus muscular power. Um, but yes, it's, you're going to want to learn the movements first. Uh, and you, therefore there are coaches in the CrossFit classes and you have to typically do like an onboarding, um, a week or two of onboarding so you can learn the skills. And even at that, you know, the best in the world, they're never going to stop learning. There's always going to be ways to improve your technique. Um, and I think that's one of those things too, you know, a lot of people, say all oh, CrossFit just leads to injury because it's, you're trying to do crazy things. Um, but I think, you know, you take calculated risks with just about anything you do. Um, so it yeah. all comes down to uh, rolling out of bed for me is a calculated risk, but I do it. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, as long as you take the, the right approach, everything is scalable. Um, you know, you want to start with the learning where your limitations might be. Is it mobility? Maybe you need to work on your mobility before you progress into, um, loading up weight on a certain movement and then dialing in your motor control, you know, your technique and coordination with it too. So um, just like anything, you want to take it one step at a time. So this is, this is something that would, if, as I go through my mindset here and I'd say, Hey Scott, you need to start considering doing CrossFit and, and going down that road. I, I bought the tennis shoes, so I, I'm ready to go. But the reality is, is that I'd have to find, I would, I would, me, find that trusted CrossFit Sherpa to help me because I don't, I don't want anybody to sh- hang their shingle out there and say, Hey, I'm a CrossFit, you know, uh, trainer. I would want to really vet that. Is that, would that be the way to go there, Alex? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think a, I think CrossFit coaches are a lot like PTs. We all may have the same knowledge, but you're just going to vibe with someone and you're going to have that favorite coach um, that's going to push you and kind of understand you. And have a good balance of the push, but also the restraint, because sometimes we feel like we can do things and then we really can't. Um, but yes, vetting your coaches, vetting your bot, your CrossFit box, that's a good step, a good first start. But I think that even then you can vet five coaches in one box and you're just going to feel pulled towards one. Um, and that trust dynamic is really important. You have to feel comfortable with them. Yeah, I, you know, I, I can imagine I'm, I'm not I don't want to do a clean and jerk with somebody I don't trust or even enjoy. I, I'm a I'm a big advocate of the beer factor. Would I want to have beer with this person? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So let's let's start linking. OK, we've, we've done a good job at sort of identifying, you know, the, the, the CrossFit hit those uh, type of uh, programs. How does how does the the profession of PT sort of fit in? How would you take us through that journey there, Alex? Um, So in my experience from both sides, so from as an athlete and as a physical therapist, um, I find it to be a little challenging to sometimes get some buy-in from CrossFit athletes because they're typically working out uh, sometimes every day, Uh, but they're supposed to be about five to six days a week, right? So when you think of physical therapy, a lot of times we're considering like we're doing a strengthening exercise or we're doing a flexibility exercise. 
And these are things that are already linked into a CrossFitter's day-to-day. So from our perspective, from a physical therapy perspective, our challenge is in the movement patterns. Um, Or sometimes they just have a spasm or they just overdid it and they need a little bit of love, a little manual work. But the way that we approach this type of um, client is a little different. Um, They don't respond well to no. They don't respond well to take a break. Um, So you have to be able to think outside the box a little bit. And they really do push you as a therapist um, to see like how you can modify, how they can continue doing what they love without continuing or, or without continuing to injure themselves or to prevent the injury. Um, So sometimes it's like, Hey, especially like I said, during the CrossFit open time, some of these people, they're coming in, they're maxed out and they're like, okay, but I have to try to do this again tomorrow. So what can you do for me? Um, and you have to do something for them. <laughs> and sometimes that is just making, just pushing out some lactic acid or uh, getting them a little bit more mobile for the next day. Yeah, that doesn't uh, shine a nice light on you, Ryan, as a competitor. Uh, are, you, are you that way? Are you... You know, if you have to go through some uh, treatment, are you always saying, no, I can do more. Give it to me. No, don't give me those five pounds. Give me the 20 pounds. No, give me the 40 pounds. Let me just just do the whole rack. Do you do that? Yeah, I mean, no, I I definitely um, can very easily put myself in the shoes of especially competitive athletes coming in. Um, They don't want to take breaks in in their training, especially if they're preparing for something. Um, but I think my perspective as a physical therapist helps me to, you know, remind myself a lot of the time too, but also, you know, when I'm having those conversations with my patients, you know, helping them to understand the value of what modifying or changing certain things is going to improve performance. Sometimes more is not always better, but we always tend to think like more, more, more is going to, I'm going to do better and get better. Yes. Practice does improve things, but sometimes you need to take a step back and look at, all right. What are some foundational things that I need to work on? Maybe there's certain accessory strengthening exercises that are going to, number one, uh, help you get back to so you're out of pain. Number two, help prevent future injuries. Number three, improve your overall performance in, in the long run and longevity in the sport anyway. So I think just a lot of education in finding the value in those in those things I've seen be really helpful. So, And I think, um, I think sometimes... CrossFitters get a bad rap for it, but you, we see the same thing in runners. We see the same thing in baseball players, um, where they like to push it. If they're training for a marathon, it's really hard to tell a runner to scale it back because they have a particular goal. Um, so a lot of times we are think we, again, we're thinking outside the box. Well, you have a shoulder injury. How do we continue having you have an effect of training without really overusing the shoulder? We may look at the core. We may look at the hips. Um, So we're looking at other aspects that maybe the client didn't think about. You see, there's an interesting thought out there where, I'm sorry, Ryan, you were going to add to that. No, that was, I was just saying, that's a really good point. Um, We're always trying to look at the the full person, you know, and that's a big thing as, you know, any physical therapist is going to take a a larger look at the bigger picture. Uh, You know, you're not just zoning in on the one spot that they have pain, you know, we're thinking about, things like regional interdependence and how other areas are affecting, you know, this area and how you might have pain in a spot that's not the source, you know, why do we think you have this pain in the first place? And let's take a step back and figure out what the best approach is to keep you moving. Cause in general movement is medicine. And in most cases we are going to be just modifying certain things. Um, 
but kind of that's the approach we take as a physical therapist is looking at the whole body. So what I heard is that, and and, and I I think it's, it's natural. There's a struggle to sort of back off, but then there's also this physical benefit of, of having to take a break. Alex, can you sort of explain it? It, Like there's an education and and I'll fall into that category where I don't want to miss a day. I'm going to go work out. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But, and then when I do miss a day, uh, then I then I feel guilty. There's this psychology of uh, you know backing off, but then but there's a there's a benefit of just having a, a rest day, and and having your mind properly properly sort of wrapped around that. Alex, can you explain about that a little bit? So your body needs rest. We need to sleep. Um, that's anybody, right? We we need to sleep and we need rest. Um, if some people use exercise as a form of stress release. So they never want to take a day off. And I think that that's where the active rest day comes into play. Um, and that just kind of means taking a step back from your normal routine, whether you're squatting 200 pounds or whether you're cleaning and jerking and maybe you're, you're trying something else. So if you're heavy on the weightlifting part, maybe your active rest day is going for a walk with your family, um, or doing a yoga class. So it doesn't mean you necessarily have to stop all movement together, but change it up and do something fun. That's not necessarily really taxing, right? So if you're a runner, don't run a marathon. Maybe you cycle or maybe you swim a few laps, just change up so that you're using different muscles in different ways too. Um, and that in itself is rest for your body. Yeah, let's see. That's a good approach. And that's a great way of being able to communicate with these individuals. I like that a lot. Uh, Ryan, let's talk a little bit about uh, nutrition, because it's not just it's not just exercising and all of that, you know, which is an important part. But there's that other component of nutrition. How do you counsel uh, your athletes in, in the world of nutrition? And if they're into that, um, you know, CrossFit, what do you do? Yeah, definitely. And I was just going to say just off of uh, Alex's last point there, um, I think the active rest day, active recovery day um, is just taking a step back, not only necessarily in intensity, but also in volume. So you have to take into account those two variables and also um, think about the different stressors on different body systems. So like central nervous system stress versus cardiovascular stress are two different things. You know, you could go in and do a really heavy weightlifting session. And, you know, um, it's a lot different, but it is very taxing on your nervous system. So just doing low to moderate um, exercise, low impact on those rest days, I think is key. And then going into nutrition, that's more of an everyday thing that you have to, to look at. And how I would, you know, educate my patients and athletes I see is that you have to think about, you know, so what are your goals, you know, and how much are you exercising each day? So if you just think about it from a very broad perspective about macronutrients, you know, calories in versus calories out. If you're expending a ton of calories each day, performing high intensity exercise, but you're not giving your body enough calories just purely for fuel, you're going to end up the combination of um, it's going to end up leading to overtraining and, and potentially burnout because you're not giving your body the fuel it needs to do that high intensity exercise. So It's about balancing, you know, the protein, the carbohydrates, the fat based on number one, what are your goals? Are you just trying to, you're trying to look better? Are you trying to improve your strength? And then how much are you actually exercising and calories are you burning each day? Now let's adjust your nutrition to fuel you for what you're trying to do and help you to 
recover properly. When we start talking about uh, nutrients, macros, and all of that good stuff, what is sort of the rule of thumb? If if I'm exercising, which I do, and I, I you know, monitor it, where I, whatever I need to do, what is sort of a good caloric intake to, you know, you don't want to, what is a good sort of ratio? How I'm burning X, what should I be doing from a yeah. intake? Yeah, that's it's always going to come down to to the to the individual. Um, so it's definitely on an individual basis. But if I had to put it in general terms, um, I would say you know, especially CrossFit athletes, you're you're doing a lot that does require um, like fast twitch movements, a lot of uh, like performing like high power output in a short period of time. So I think you know I, that's where I think carbohydrates are really important because that's where you're going to get your that's your main energy source when you're doing that style of workout. Yes, we do do, we do longer, more aerobic workouts too. And that's where, you know, fat burning is going to come into play. So making sure you're, you are getting healthy fats in your diet. Um, me personally, you know, just to give you what I'm doing. I take in a, about my body weight or a little bit more in grams of protein each day. So about 185 grams of protein every day. Yeah. Um, and then uh, about hundred or 120 grams of, of fat. And then when I'm in the, the peak of training for something really intense, my carbs also go up. So, you know, somewhere around like five, 600 grams of carbs a day, even for, for, for me um, to keep up with how much I'm burning and to fuel me for, you know, each day ahead. So, so I'm going to jump in a little bit, if you don't mind, Scott. Um, yeah, please. So I think there's definitely, it's definitely individual. Um, as we get older, the we are less efficient at burning calories. So what we need as we get older is kind of less. Um, somebody in their 20s is going to require less calories in general than somebody that's in their 30s um, just because we're just not as efficient. So you kind of have to tailor things as one, as you age, um, you have to be honest about what you're actually doing in the day. So let's say that you're sitting all day long, like I am now, um, eight hours a day. And then you get that one hour of exercise or two hours yeah. of exercise. Well, you can't just go splurge now because you have those two hours of exercise. You have to take um, into account the rest of your day, but also your body um, will react differently to different macronutrients. So I don't, me personally, I don't do as well on high protein, um, keto, um, some of the some of the bad diets, I guess they don't do so great for me. I actually need a higher level of carbs to feel my best. Some people are completely opposite. They need low level of carbs and a higher level of protein. Um, so you, we may want like, you may want to talk to your therapist or nutritionist about how to kind of find that balance. Um, but in general, there is something that works for you as an individual and you may have to play with it a little bit to see kind of what makes you feel good. When you, I like that a lot because that is true. It's it's a, I don't know. It's it, it's how you dial in your nutrition per your 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 body, your nature, whatever it might be. Dial it in. There's always that conversation around carbs. That uh, Alex, explain. You know, are they're good. You know, I I don't I don't consume sugar, right? I just don't. I just stay away. But I you know, carbs are important. Tell me. 
uh, tell the listeners sort of from a car perspective, what's good, bad. They're definitely not all created equal. There is nothing I like more than a gigantic bowl of pasta. I just love Italian food so much in the form of pasta and bread. Um, Also, I'm going to be super bloated and not perform my best if I have too much of that. So there are simple sugars. There's complex sugars. When we're talking about performance, um, added added sugars is where we want to stay away from. Um, Carbs are a form of sugar. So when you're looking at your fruit, at your starches, um, yams, potatoes, that kind of thing, they are carbs. They are sugars. But the way that we break them down is not created equal. Um, So depending on where your workout is or what you're trying to do, if you have a run or something that's very aerobic, you want something that you can actually readily process that your body can readily process. You're looking at your simple carbs. Um, but you still do need that your brain functions on carbs. So you do need a base level of carbs, but where we typically get them in an everyday person, not an athlete is not from great carbs. Like bread is not really a great carb. Um, we want to look at vegetables and fruits, um, that we can process well and that our body will use well. It, it, it can be for, you know, Scott's six pack here. I, I'm, I, I can obsess over the food. I can obsess over what that looks like. I can obsess over the, the, um, the exercise and whatever it is. But the reality is, is that normal people need to just, I think they need to find the nutritionist understand how their body consumes the calories properly, dial that in, learn about it so that they have that long-term understanding of how to maintain good health. And the same thing goes for any type of uh, exercise, CrossFit, whatever it might be. Uh, I, Me being 60, I know that maybe my, maybe, you, you can disagree with me, right? Maybe my, my, level of intensity could be different than that person in the, in the twenties. So how do I manage that? I might be able to do certain things, but the, it, it just requires a collaborative type of mindset. And uh, I don't want to just get online and say how to CrossFit old guys, Boom. you know, I, I don't want to do that. I, I think it's probably important to be able to connect and, and uh, with the nutritious and, and, it, professionals like you too. All right. We're going to have to if wrap you it up. Have, if okay. you don't have access to a nutritionist, um, one of, I, I really like whole 30 as a system, not necessarily for, for prolonged whole 30, not necessarily for like a prolonged diet, but I think it's valuable in kind of teaching you what makes you feel good and what makes you not feel so good. Oh. Um, because you're taking a lot of things out and then you can reintroduce them. But if you kind of pay attention to your body, you can see like what, uh, I don't feel so great after I eat this block of cheese versus, oh, I feel really good after I have this burger. Um, So I think that that's a way to do it without a nutritionist. The other thing I talk to my patients about, whether it's athletes or just my regular clientele, is there are foods that are known to be inflammatory. Um, So I have them look at foods that are inflammatory. And if they're having things that are overuse injuries or everything in their body hurts, um, then we kind of take a look at that and say like, Hey, maybe you need to cut dairy for a little bit. Um, not permanent, not forever, but see how your body feels when you remove these certain things that are known to cause inflammation in our bodies. 
for a point of clarification, you said hold, that's W-H-O-L-E 30? Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's just an online type of uh, resource? Yep. It's, um, it is, I guess it's, I guess it's like a diet trend. Um, I, I've never done it to be honest. Uh, I don't have the discipline to cut some of those things out. I just don't, <laughs> but I, but I'm pretty self-aware. So I know kind of what makes me feel crummy. Right. Uh, yeah. Go ahead there. Go ahead. Ryan. Yeah. I was just going to say going off of that too, the biggest thing that we all kind of are looking for number one, we education, we getting professionals in your corner, talking to the right people is very helpful. And another thing, you know, is the accountability factor. I mean, I think we all have a lot of times we, we have this goal in mind, we have good intentions, but we might fall short. So that's where it's good to have people in your corner to help help you with accountability and understanding things, but also to help hold yourself accountable. You know, for example, at the simplest level, I've used like app trackers for to see what you're literally eating. Cause a lot of times we don't know what we're eating. Yeah. And so I use like my fitness pal, sometimes simple free app. It just, at the very basic level, wake up in the morning. All right. What did I eat? Just throw it in there. And at the end of the day, you know, to start off where, where am I, how many grams of carbs did I have? How much fat, how much protein do that for a few days, just to get to know yourself. Because a lot of times we just don't really pay attention to what we put in our body. Then from there, you can start to get more specific. All right. Now, how is the quality of my food? So beyond, you know, total number of macronutrients. Now, how did I get those macronutrients? Am I getting good quality protein, good quality carbs, good quality fat, or could I maybe change that up And how, you know, what times of the day am I eating? How am I monitoring all that, which is a whole nother level of everything, but. Yeah, no, it, 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 uh, I, I, I like the fact that you pointed out accountability. I know that, uh, my workouts and I would imagine many, are better if you're working with somebody. It just they, they, it just does. You might push just a little bit harder, mm-hmm. uh, you know. And, and that's a that's a that's a good thing. So no, like I like the, the the education is key. And it's not as if you don't have resources out there. My goodness, you got the world wide web. You could pretty much find anything. Some good and some not so good. <laughs> That's why 30, I like that. I'm going to go check out Whole30 most definitely. All right, we're going to have to wrap it up. If somebody says, gosh, I like what they talked about, how do they get a hold of you, Alex? So I am available via email. Um, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm just, I'm on LinkedIn. You can contact me anyway, Alex Guanco, or email aguanco at corahealth.com, A-G-U-A-N-C-O. There you go, man. Ryan. Yes. I'm also on the social media platforms. Um, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn. My Instagram is uh, Dr. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, you can also find me on Facebook. Uh, I think my Facebook name is Ryan John on there, I believe. And then email for Cora is rfitzpatrick at corahealth.com. Um, feel free to reach out with any questions, comments, concerns. Love to help you meet goals if you're dealing with pain or have some ways that you'd like to get back to um, being a little bit more fit, whatever your goal might be. It's all relative. So love working with people to get back to those things. Very good. man. Now, I love this conversation. I've got, I've got action items on my side. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. It's all about me. It's about me and my health and my, my consumption of food. That's what it, yeah. By the way, FYI, do you like fruit loops? 
Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah sadly, I that we're, <laughs> we're at this hotel right here, and and uh, they had Fruit Loops. Yes, I, I have a tough time eating those without guilt, but they're delicious. <laughs> they are. They are. I guilty pleasure. Don't yeah. judge me, Ryan. <laughs> no, I'm not. I trust me. I like my my stuff too. I like fry. I like fries I and milk, milkshakes are my two kind of things that I like. Chick fil A, Chick fil A fries and milkshake. Chick fil A fries, yes. All right. So I won't have a whole bowl. I just tax my children. I give it to them, and then I, I take a, a mom tax. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> and rightly so. You want to make sure that it's 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 up to the quality that you remember <laughs> as a kid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Remember, listeners, go out to corephysicaltherapy.com. Great company, great people. You get people like Alex and, and Ryan in your corner, you will have incredible success. You two were absolutely wonderful. Thank you very much Thanks, for being on. Thank you for having us. Core Physical Therapy, man.